إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد So continuing with كتاب الصلاة Sifatul Salah, the chapter regarding the prayer and more specifically the description of the prayer. We've now reached the hadith of Hudhaifah radiyallahu anhu qal Sallaytu ma'an nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Fama marrat bihi ayatu rahmatin illa waqafa indaha yas'al Wala ayatu athabin illa ta'awwadha minha Akhrajahu al-khamsah in this hadith, Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman radiyallahu anhu, one of the great companions, he narrates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or rather he says that I prayed with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman radiyallahu anhu says, I prayed with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَمَا مَرَّتْ بِهِ آيَةُ رَحْمَةِ إِلَّا وَقَفَ عِنْدَهَا يَسْأَلْ And so, any ayah of mercy, ayah talking about the mercy of Allah, whenever one of those used to come by in the recitation, Hudayfa radiallahu anhu says that the Prophet sallallahu used to stop and ask for the mercy of Allah when he came across an ayah regarding that affair. And similarly, وَلَا آيَةُ عَذَابٍ إِلَّا تَعْوَذَ مِنْهَا And neither did he come across an ayah regarding the punishment except that he would seek the refuge in Allah from that punishment. And this is uh, a hadith that a tirmidhi declares to be Hassan. So in this narration then, Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman radiallahu anhu, he says, I prayed with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What he intends by that in this particular narration is the night prayer. That Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman radiallahu anhu, he prayed the night prayer with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَلَمَّا قَامَ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam لِلْتَهَجُّدْ قَامَ مَعَهُ حُذَيْفَ So when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he awoke or stood to pray the night prayer, then it's mentioned that on this occasion, Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman radiallahu anhu also arose and stood with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to pray the night prayer. فَقَرَأَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِصُورَةِ الْبَقَرَةِ ثُمَّ النِّسَاءِ ثُمَّ آلِ عِمْرَانِ لَا يَمُرُّ بِآيَةٍ فِيهَا رَحْمَةٌ إِلَّا وَقَفَ وَسَأَلْ وَلَا مَرَّ بِآيَةٍ فِيهَا عَذَابٍ إِلَّا وَقَفَ وَتَعَوَّذْ So on this occasion when Hudayfa 
Ibn al-Yaman radiallahu anhu prayed the night prayer behind the Prophet Then the Prophet he recited Surah Al-Baqarah and Surah Al-Imran and Surah An-Nisa. He recited all of those in that night prayer. And whenever he used to come across an ayah that spoke about the affair of mercy, the mercy of Allah, then the Prophet ﷺ would stop to ask for that. And whenever he would stop at an ayah that spoke about the punishment, then he would stop at that ayah to seek the refuge in Allah from that punishment. فَفِي هَذَا دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ عِدَّةِ مَسَائِلٍ So as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, from this incident, there is evidence for several affairs. From this incident that occurred, when Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman radiallahu anhu prayed the night prayer behind the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then there are several affairs that can be uh, extracted from this narration. Firstly, istihbab tatwil salat al-layl. The likeness or the recommendation, the praiseworthiness of elongating the night prayer. From this narration we see that it is something liked and recommended to elongate the night prayer. لِأَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَرَأَ فِيهَا بِهَذِهِ السُّورَ الثَّلَاثَةَ الطِّوَالِ فِي رَكَعَتَيْنِ Because we see in this narration that in two raka'at, in, in, in two units of prayer, in the two raka'at, the Prophet ﷺ went through Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Al-Imran, Surah Al-Nisa. In just two units of prayer, two raka'at. So this indicates that they were lengthy. That night prayer was lengthy to finish Surah Al-Baqarah and Surah Al-Imran and Surah Al-Nisa in just two raka'at, in just two units of prayer. The second issue that can be derived extracted from this narration في الحديث دليل على تدبر القرآن في الصلاة وغيرها In this narration we see the need or the evidence upon pondering over the Quran in the prayer for a person to focus and to ponder and to concentrate on that Quran that he is reciting during the prayer. لم يفعل ذلك إلا لأنه يتدبر القرآن والله جل وعلا قد أمر بتدبر القرآن فالقراءة التي ليس فيها تدبر لا تفيد صاحبها شيئا So the Shaykh says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to focus on the Quran to concentrate on the Quran to ponder upon the Quran as for the recitation of the Qur'an, where there is no focus or concentration or pondering over it, then that type of recitation doesn't benefit the one reciting it. And what does it mean to contemplate and to focus uh, upon the recitation? فِي مَعَانِيهِ وَالتَّأَثُّرُ بِهِ 
Focusing and contemplating on the Qur'an, it means that a person thinks about it. A person thinks about what he is reciting. And he understands. He understands what he is reciting. He thinks about it. He focuses on it. He concentrates on it. He thinks about it. And he understands it. This is the contemplation and the pondering over the Qur'an. And that is what's required when reciting it. And also to be impacted by it. To be affected by it. To be influenced by it. By the recitation of the Qur'an when reading it. That's what's meant by pondering and focusing on the Qur'an. وَلَيْسَ الْمَقْسُودِ سَرْدُ الْآيَاتُ وَالسُّورِ The shaykh says now, the point isn't simply just to recite off all of the surahs. To recite one after the next and to recite and recite and recite. And you don't have any focus on what's being read. You don't have any understanding of what's being read. You don't have any focus or concentration or pondering over it. That isn't the purpose, the shaykh says. It isn't simply just to read one after the next. ثُمَّ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ يَجِبُ الْعَمَلِ بِالْقُرْآنِ Because after that also, it's upon you to act upon the Qur'an. A person is required to act upon the Qur'an. And that will only come if a person thinks and focuses and understands what he is reading. أَمَّا أَنْ يَكُونَ مُجَرَّدَ تِلَاوَةِ مِنْ غَيْرِ تَدَبُّرُ وَمِنْ غَيْرِ عَمَلِ فَهَذِهِ قِرَاءَةُ الْمُنَافِقِينَ as for simply reading the Qur'an without any focus, without any understanding, without thinking about it, and without acting upon it, then that is just like the recitation of the hypocrites. The recitation of the hypocrites, those who used to recite only to show the people that they are reciting and they are upon Islam. And they did not focus upon it, and their hearts were not in it, and their understanding was not in it. So the shaykh says the one who recites in that way, just reciting for the sake of reciting, not focusing, not understanding, not concentrating, not acting upon it, then that is like the recitation of the munafiqeen. وَقِرَاءَةُ الْخَوَارِجِ الَّذِينَ أَخْبَرَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّهُمْ يَقْرَأُونَ الْقُرْآنِ وَلَا يَتَجَاوَزُ حَنَاجِرَهُمْ لَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ وَلَا يَتَفَقَّهُونَ فِيهِ And similarly, it would be like the recitation of the khawarij. It would be like the recitation of the khawarij. Because the Prophet said regarding them, that they recite the Qur'an, but it does not exceed their throats. It does not go beyond that. Meaning that they do not focus or concentrate or think about or understand the Qur'an. They do not go into that. It is just recitation and it does not go beyond their throats. So the second point is that a person must understand and concentrate and think about and focus on what he is reading. The third affair that can be derived and extracted from this narration وَهِيَ الَّتِي سَاقَ الْمُصَنِّفُ الْحَدِيثَ مِنْ أَجْلِهَا فِي هَذَا الْبَابِ وَهِيَ مَشْرُوعِيَّةِ السُّؤَالِ عِنْدَ آيَاتِ الرَّحْمَةِ 
The third point that can be extracted, and that is the purpose of the hadith here. This is what we intend to make uh, mention of. And that is the permissibility or the legislation of asking Allah, making the dua and asking Allah at the ayat, talking about the mercy of Allah. When you come to an ayah which mentions the mercy of Allah, then to actually stop and ask for the mercy of Allah at that point. For example, the shaykh says, you're reciting and you come across an ayah that speaks about paradise and the blessings of paradise. And then in that case, you ask Allah to be from the people of paradise and to enter you into paradise. You're reciting and you come across an ayah that speaks about paradise and the blessings. So you stop and you ask Allah for paradise and its blessings. Similarly, the legislation for seeking refuge in Allah when it comes to the ayat talking about punishment. Meaning, for example, if you come across an ayah that is talking about the hellfire or the punishment, then you stop at that ayah and you seek refuge in Allah from that hellfire and from that punishment. وَهَذَا مَشْرُوعٌ بِإِجْمَاعِ الْعُلَمَةِ And this act of doing that dua, those ayat, is something which is legislated by the consensus of the scholars that Shaykh Al-Fawzan mentions. That is something which is legislated by the consensus of the scholars, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah mentions. وَلَكِنْ However, هَلْ هُوَ مَشْرُوعٌ فِي الْفَرِيضَةِ وَالنَّافِلَةِ Is that an act which is legislated in the obligatory prayers as well as the supererogatory prayers? الْعُلَمَ اخْتَلَفُوا فِي هَذِهِ الْمَسْأَلَةِ The scholars, they differed. They differed as to whether you stopping at the ayah that talks about the mercy and the paradise and asking Allah for that, and then carrying on, and you stopping at the ayah that speaks about hellfire and punishment, and asking Allah to protect you from that, and then carrying on the recitation in the prayer, as you're in the prayer, is that something you do in the supererogatory prayers, and obligatory prayers, or is it something you only do in the supererogatory prayers, then here we have a difference amongst the scholars, the first opinion is, القول الأول أنه خاص بالنافلة That this act of stopping in your recitation whilst you're praying to make a quick dua at those ayat of blessings or punishment accordingly. Then some of the scholars they say that this is something you can only do in supererogatory prayers. Like the night prayer as in this hadith. That in supererogatory prayers, if you're reciting and you come across those types of ayat, you can stop to make a quick dua and then continue with your recitation. In supererogatory prayers. Why do they say that? That it is only for supererogatory prayers you can do this? لِأَنَّهُ لَمْ يَرِدْ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ 
فَعَلَ هَذَا فِي الْفَرِيضَةِ They say because it is not mentioned anywhere that the Prophet ﷺ ever did that in obligatory prayers. It's not mentioned anywhere that the Prophet ﷺ ever did that in obligatory prayers. This hadith that we've got here, it's talking about what type of prayer? The night prayer, a supererogatory prayer. So the scholars, they say, there's nothing which mentions the Prophet ﷺ ever did that in an obligatory prayer. So they say, therefore, you stick to what this narration is. It was a supererogatory prayer. Okay, so you can do that in the supererogatory prayers, they say, alone. فَيُقْتَصَرُ عَلَى مَا وَرَدَ بِهِ الْحَدِيثِ They say, you stick to, you restrict yourself to what's mentioned in the narration. And the narration mentions it was the night prayer, the supererogatory prayer. وَهَذَا قَوْلُ الْأَكْثَرِينَ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ And this is the statement of the majority of the people of knowledge. That during the supererogatory prayers, you can stop to make those du'as and not in the obligatory prayers. That is the statement of the majority of the people of knowledge. The Hanafiya and uh, a narration from the Hanabila. Uh, and it's mentioned from many of the scholars that it is only in the supererogatory prayers you can do that. القول الثاني the second opinion وهو الذي ذهب إليه بعض أهل العلم كالشافعية the second opinion which some of the scholars took some of the scholars like the Shafi'is and it is a narration from the Hanbalis وهو أنه يجوز في الفريضة أيضا And the second opinion is that it is permissible to do that in the obligatory prayers too. Why do they say that? They say, لِأَنَّ مَا جَازَ فِي النَّافِلَةِ يَجُوزُ فِي الْفَرِيضَةِ إِلَّا بِدَلِيلٍ عَلَى التَّفْرِيقِ They say because if something is permissible in a supererogatory prayer, Then they say it should also be allowed in an obligatory prayer. Unless there was some evidence telling you of a difference. Telling you that there's a difference between the obligatory and the supererogatory. If an evidence is telling you that this particular act, it can only be done in this and not in that one. There's a difference between the two types of prayers. Okay. But if there isn't any evidence telling you about the difference between the obligatory and the supererogatory, Then they say you can do it in both. Do it in the supererogatory like the narration says. But also you're free to do it in the obligatory too. Since there is nothing differentiating between the supererogatory and the obligatory as they say. So that is the opinion of some of the scholars. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan, he concludes and he says that the stronger opinion, Allahu A'lam, is... Which of the two? The first opinion. Sheikh Al-Fawzan says that the uh, opinion that you would lean towards in terms of being stronger is the first opinion that this stopping to make a dua, then it's only in the supererogatory prayers. When you're praying a supererogatory prayer and you're reciting and you come across an ayah talking about paradise, Then you can stop at that ayah at the end of it and make a dua, oh Allah, enter me into paradise, and then continue in your recitation. 
You come to an ayah talking about the hellfire or punishment, you can stop and ask Allah to protect you from the hellfire and punishments, and then continue. But they say, as the shaykh says now, the stronger opinion, you can only do that when you are praying supererogatory prayers. As for the obligatory, then no. Why? Because as they said, the Prophet ﷺ never did that in any obligatory prayers. There are no narrations that the Prophet ﷺ ever did that in an obligatory prayer. Despite the fact, despite the fact that the companions عنهم, were so precise in narrating the Prophet's prayer. So had any of the companions seen this or heard this from the Prophet ﷺ, that he stops to recite a dua within the obligatory prayers, it would have been narrated in a narration somewhere from some of the companions. But no companion ever narrated that despite how accurate and precise they were in narrating the details of the Prophet's prayer. So it would therefore indicate that the Prophet ﷺ never did that in an obligatory prayer. And so the majority of the scholars and what appears to be the stronger opinion is that you can only do that in the supererogatory prayers. After that, we move on to the hadith of Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma qal. Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma he said qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said ala wa inni nuhitu an aqra alquran raki'an aw sajida fa'amma arruku' fa'azzimu fihi arrab wa'amma as-sujud fajtahidu fid-du'a fa'amminun an yustajaba lakum rawahu muslim Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma, he said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that indeed I have been prohibited to recite the Qur'an whilst in ruku' and in sujood. I've been prohibited to recite the Qur'an whilst in ruku' or in sujood. So as for the ruku' fa'azzimu fihi rabb then pronounce the greatness of your lord within it subhana rabbiyal azim etc those supplications wa amma sujood and as for the prostration then strive in making dua in the prostration so how likely it is that the dua may be answered. It is a time for the answering of the dua. So strive in making dua in the prostration. So here now in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned at the beginning, the hadith which is in Sahih Muslim, that I've been prohibited to recite the Qur'an whilst in ruku' and whilst in sujood. Shaykh al-Fawzan, hafizahullah says, وَقَدْ تَقَدَّمَ لَنَا أَنَّ قِرَاءَةَ الْقُرْآنِ إِنَّمَا تَكُونُ فِي حَالِ الْقِيَامِ فِي الصَّلَاةِ He says, already previously we've come across that recitation of the Qur'an 
that occurs whilst you are standing in the prayer. In the standing position after the Fatiha, then you recite some more Qur'an. The Fatiha itself is the Qur'an. In the standing prayer, that's when you recite the Qur'an. That's what's already been mentioned in the narrations. أَمَّا الرُّكُوعُ وَالسُّجُودُ فَلَا يُقْرَأُ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنِ As for when you are in ruku' and when you are in sujood, then you do not recite the Qur'an in that position. Due to the Prophet ﷺ saying in this narration very clearly that I've been prohibited from reciting the Qur'an in those two positions, whilst being in ruku' and whilst being in sujood. Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, وَالْحِكْمَةُ مِنْ ذَلِكَ And perhaps the wisdom behind that, Allahu A'lam, أَنَّ الرُّكُوعُ وَالسُّجُودُ هُمَا حَالَتَا ذُلٍ وَخُضُوعٍ The Shaykh says, Allahu A'lam, but perhaps the wisdom behind that is, that the ruku' and the sujood, they are two positions of submissiveness and humility to Allah. They are two positions of submissiveness and humility to Allah. ثُمَّ إِنَّ السُّجُودَ يَكُونُ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ Then on top of that, the prostration is actually right down on the ground. They are positions of humility and submissiveness to Allah, and the prostration is actually right down on the ground itself. لَا يَلِيقُ بِالْقُرْآنِ يَنْيُقْرَأْ فِي هَاتَيْنِ الْحَالَتَيْنِ so therefore it is not befitting and suitable for the Qur'an to be read in those two states. You're in a state of humility and submission to Allah. And in a state of being down on the ground for the prostration. So it is not suitable for the Qur'an to be recited in those positions. Rather it is suitable for the Qur'an to be recited as you are in your upright standing position. وَإِنَّمَا يُقْرَأُ فِي حَالَةِ الْقِيَامِ لِأَنَّ الْقُرْآنَ يُعَظَّمُ وَيُجَلُّ فَيُقْرَأُ فِي الْحَالَةِ الَّتِي تُنَاسِبُ Because the Qur'an is to be revered and to be honored and to be raised uh, and respected. And so it is recited in the position that suits that. And that is when you are upright standing rather than down in submissiveness of ruku' or down on the ground in prostration. More suitable for the Qur'an to be read in the state where you are upright uh, in that position. أَمَّا الرُّكُوعُ وَالسُّجُودُ فَلَا يُنَاسِبُهُمَا أو فَلَا يُنَاسِبُهَا قِرَاءَةُ الْقُرْآنِ As for the ruku' and the sujood, then it does not suit for the Qur'an to be recited in that. لِذَا Due to this, ذَهَبَ أَهْلُ الْعِلْمِ The scholars have taken the position إِلَىٰ كِرَاهِيَّةِ قِرَاءَةِ الْقُرْآنِ فِي الرُّكُوعِ وَالسُّجُودِ The scholars have taken the position that it is disliked, makruh, for a person to recite the Qur'an whilst in ruku' and in sujood. وَبَعْضُهُمْ And some of them, some of the scholars and people of knowledge even said, يَرَى تَحْرِيمَ ذَلِكَ That it is actually haram. Completely haram and impermissible to recite the Qur'an in the ruku' and the sujood. Due to the Prophet ﷺ saying, Nuhitu, I have been prohibited from reciting the Qur'an in the ruku' and the sujood. 
So some of the scholars said perhaps it just indicates it's makruh, but some of them actually said no, it's actually haram for you to recite the Qur'an in those two situations. So what do you do instead? The Prophet ﷺ said, فَأَمَّا الرُّكُوعِ فَعَظِّمُوا فِيهِ الرَّبِّ As for the ruku' then pronounce and proclaim the greatness of your Lord within that. وَأَمَّا السُّجُودِ فَاجْتَهِدُوا فِي الدُّعَاءِ And as for the prostration, then strive in making dua. What does it mean? Proclaim and pronounce the greatness of your Lord in the ruku' i.e. when you say, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim, the statement, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim, وَقَدْ وَرَدَ عَنِ النَّبِسَ سَلَّمْ لَمَّا نَزَلَتْ عَلَيْهِ فَسَبِّحْ بِاسْمِ رَبِّكَ الْعَظِيمِ قَالْ اِجْعَلُوهَا فِي سُجُودِكُمْ وَلَمَّا نَزَلَ عَلَيْهِ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى سَبِّحْ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ الْأَعْلَى اِجْعَلُوهَا فِي رُكُوعِكُمْ And there is a narration which mentions that when the ayah was revealed in the Qur'an, فَسَبِّحْ بِاسْمِ رَبِّكَ الْعَظِيمِ And glorify the name of your Lord the Great, the Mighty, the Majestic. And similarly, oh, well, when that ayah was revealed, the Prophet ﷺ said, then do that in the prostration. And when the ayah was revealed, سَبِّحْ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ الْأَعْلَى Glorify the name of your Lord the Most High. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, do that in the ruku'ah. فَالرُّكُوعَ يُقَالُ فِيهِ Therefore, in conclusion, in the ruku'ah, you say in it, it is said in it, سُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ الْعَظِيمِ And in the prostration you say, سُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ الْأَعْلَى وَالْجُمْهُورَ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ قَوْلَ سُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ الْعَظِيمِ فِي الرُّكُوعَ وَسُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ الْأَعْلَىٰ فِي السُّجُودِ سُنَّةِ And the majority of the scholars are of the opinion that the sunnah is to say سُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ الْعَظِيمِ in the ruku' and سُبْحَانَ رَبِّيَ الْأَعْلَىٰ in the sujood. Many of the scholars, they said it is sunnah to say those in the ruku' and in the sujood. Sunnah to say in the ruku' subhana rabbi al-azim and sunnah to say in the sujood, in the prostration, subhana rabbi al-a'la. However, some of the scholars, the likes of Imam Ahmad and many of the muhaddithin, scholars of hadith, they took the opinion that it is an obligation that you must say. Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim in the Ruku' and Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la in the prostration. How many times is the necessity? Once. They mentioned at least once is the necessity for your Ruku' and your Sujood to be correct. At least once that you recite Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim in the Ruku' and Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la in the sujood. And if you want to gain perfection, then the lowest level of perfection is three times. And the highest level of perfection is that you recite it how many times? 
ten times. And then on top of that, يُضِيفُ إِلَى ذَلِكَ الدُّعَاءَ الْوَارِدِ You can add on top of that the du'as, the supplications that are correct to be recited in those positions also. So that is what a person can recite in the ruku' and in the sujood. So in the sujood, the Prophet ﷺ actually mentioned that you should strive to make du'a. Strive to make du'a in the prostration. أَمَّا السُّجُودِ فَاجْتَهِدُوا فِي الدُّعَاءِ فَقَمِنٌ أَنْ يُسْتَجَابَ لَكُمْ As for in the prostration, then strive in making the du'a. When though? After you have said, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. After you have recited Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la at least once. And if you want the perfection, then at least three times. And if you want the complete perfection, then ten times. Then after that, you make some further dua in the prostration. Once you've read Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, once at least or three times or up to ten times. Then after that, you make other dua from the affairs that you are in need of. The affairs of... Uh, that are suitable to yourself, that you are in need of, from the, uh, your worldly affairs or other affairs, and you make the dua in the prostration for that. And it is mentioned in a hadith in Sahih Muslim, أَقْرَبُ مَا يَكُونُ الْعَبْدُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ وَهُوَ سَاجِدٌ That the closest a servant is to his Lord, is whilst he is in prostration. The closest a servant is to his Lord, is whilst he is in a state of prostration. In Sahih Muslim. Similarly, it mentions in the Quran, in the ayah, كَلَّا لَا تُطِعْهُ وَاسْجُدْ وَاقْتَارِبْ Prostrate and seek Closeness. Wasjud waqtarib. Prostrate and seek closeness to Allah. So the closest a servant is to Allah is when that servant is in a state of prostration. Just as the scholars they mention. Because when you are in the state of prostration, you are lowering, lowering, you are lowering the most honorable part of your body which is your face the most honorable part of your body your face you are lowering it down into the ground out of submissiveness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking the most honorable part of your body your face and putting it down into the dust to prostrate for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then that is the time when the servant is closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so it is a time when the answering of the dua is more likely. It is more likely that the dua will be answered at that time. فَيُسْتَحَبُّ لِلْمُسْلِمْ Therefore it is mustahab for a Muslim and يُكْثِرَ فِيهِ مِنَ الدُّعَى that he increases and he makes plentiful dua. 
that he makes plentiful dua whilst in a state of prostration. Kullun ala hasabi hali. Or rather, walam yuhaddid sallallahu alayhi wa sallam dua'an mu'ayyanan. And in case a person asks, what type of dua should be made in the prostration then? If we are supposed to make plentiful dua in the prostration, then what type of dua should be made in the prostration? The Shaykh says the Prophet ﷺ did not specify any particular dua to be read in the prostration. He did not specify any particular specific dua that you read in the prostration. Rather, as the Shaykh says, إِنَّهُ أَرْجَعَهُ إِلَىٰ حَاجَةِ الْعِبَادِ The Prophet ﷺ, he returned that affair to the needs of the people. كُلٌّ عَلَىٰ حَسَبِ حَالِهِ so everybody makes the dua in accordance to his own situation and circumstances and what he requires. يَدْعُو بِمَا يَحْتَاجُهُ مِنْ أُمُورِ دِينِهِ وَدُنْيَاهِ Every single person makes their dua in accordance to their own situation and circumstances and what they are in need of in terms of their worldly affairs and their religious affairs. يَدْعُو اللَّهَ لِنَفْسِهِ the person makes dua for himself, وَلِوَالِدَيْهِ and for his parents, وَلِإِخْوَانِهِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ and for his Muslim brothers, وَيَدْعُ اللَّهَ أَيْضًا and he makes dua also لِنُسْرَةِ الْإِسْلَامِ وَالْمُسْلِمِينَ for the victory and the success of the Muslims and of Islam, وَيَدْعُ لِوُلَاتِ الْأُمُورِ بِالصَّلَاحِ وَالْهِدَايَةِ and he makes dua for the rulers of the Muslims, that they are rectified and upright, and ruling in the correct manner. He makes all these various types of dua. So the Prophet ﷺ left the affair of making dua in the prostration as something which is relevant to every person in accordance to his situation. So you make the dua to what you require. Then the question that everybody often asks is what? What is the question that everybody is going to ask next? Can you? That's one. Can you make the dua in English? Can you make the dua in English? So the scholars they say regarding that issue, can you make the dua in English? The scholars they say, no doubt. No doubt what is superior and what is better and what takes priority is that everybody learns the duas in Arabic so that a person is able to make those du'as in Arabic during the prayer in the prostration. That is what is suitable and that is what is required and that is what a person should strive to do. Make the effort to do, to learn some du'as in Arabic, authentic du'as from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Learn some authentic du'as from the correct and rightful speech. To make those du'as in Arabic, 
that is what's required and that's what everybody should strive to do. If however an individual is in a situation where they are unable to do that, or they have some particular affair that they wish to make the dua for, and they are unable to do it in Arabic, then the scholars do say that it is permissible for them to make the dua in English or whatever the language may be. If it came to that situation and that need for the person to make some dua that he's unable to do in Arabic, then the scholars, some of them, they do mention it is allowable to make it in the other language. The other issue was, we've just said now, you cannot recite the Qur'an in the prostration. So what if somebody recites a dua? He makes a dua, but the dua happens to be an ayah from the Qur'an. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَا Ayat in the Qur'an, which are du'as. What if a person recites that ayah from the Qur'an in the sujood, in the prostration, because the ayah happens to be a du'a type of ayah? So then, is it permissible or not? The hadith said, do not recite the Qur'an. But at the same time, it also said, do make du'a. This ayah is an ayah of the Qur'an, but it also happens to be a du'a. So is it allowed or not? So you're saying as long as you make the intention that you're reciting this ayah from the Quran for the sake of it being a dua, not for the purpose of reciting the Quran for the sake of the Quran, then it's okay. Correct. That's what the scholars they mention. That you can recite those du'as even if they are ayat of the Qur'an. Because your purpose here, your intent here is the du'a behind those ayahs. You are intending those ayahs for the du'a in them. And that's something you're supposed to do in the prostration to make du'a. So you're not reciting them for the sake of reciting the Qur'an. Your intention there is that these particular ayat are du'as. And you're reciting them for the sake of the du'a in the prostration with the intention of making the du'a with them. So then in that instance it's allowed to recite those ayat. But what's not allowed is to simply recite Qur'an in the prostration, and to simply recite Qur'an in the ruku'ah. So they are some of the topics regarding the prostration and the ruku'ah. Uh, and we'll conclude upon that point. Uh, and inshallah ta'ala will continue... From that section next time in a couple of weeks time inshallah ta'ala where we'll continue to speak about some more of the details regarding the ruku'ah and some more of the details regarding the sujood and also details of when or what you say when you move from one position to the next the takbir Allahu Akbar Allahu liman hamida Rabbana walakal hamd those types of details inshallah we'll go into from the next lesson wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in you know um, seeking refuge from hellfire and asking for paradise and whilst you're praying well let's do that in English as well if you don't well again really again you should do it in Arabic that's simple 
to uh, learn the basic uh, dua of seeking refuge or seeking paradise. That's a simple short thing. So really it should be in Arabic. You should strive to make it all in Arabic as much as possible. It's not really something suitable to start reading in English. So those types of things, you should learn them in Arabic. It's very simple and very small. So we'll leave it there. We'll continue in two weeks, inshallah.